So unless you want to lose your security deposit on the car, I suggest you pull over. Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm Laura. And this week, we have a guest on, Abrianna. Welcome, Abrianna. Hi. This week, we are talking Season 3, Episode 22, Quagmire. This episode aired May 3rd, 1996. It was written by Kim Newton. This is the first woman writer that we've covered so far. And we oh are like God. episode 20-something. That's crazy. And this isn't because I've just been picking like not like before this, I think there may be, I'd be surprised if there are more than five women that wrote for this show before this episode. Anyway, sorry to Kim Newton for being so late. <laughs> and then directed by Kim Manners. <laughs> so, Abrianna, what is your relationship to the X-Files? Also, last week we forgot to mention that Nick and and Nick and your cats are Fox and Scully. So you should mention you should lead with that. I think. Yes. Okay. Um. So my cats are named Fox and Scully. Um. But I actually don't really watch the X Files. <laughs> I watched it a lot as a kid, so I have a lot of memories of it being like on in the background and like my parents watching it. Um. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some episodes, but I haven't ever watched it like in full. So. So this was like the first time almost? Probably. Yeah, I, I think I watched like a lot of the first season, um, but this one I just kind of, I think this is the, the most I've I've watched um, like Fox and Scully having like a, a pretty developed relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're they're very, they have such a fun dynamic this episode, honestly. Yeah, I mean, they always do, but this really shined <laughs> in this episode, I think. It does. It's the woman touch, I think. <laughs> <laughs> So the the quick plot summary of this episode is uh, Mulder cons Scully into flying to Georgia after a Boy Scout troop leader and a Forestry Service ranger go missing at a lake with an alleged lake monster, Big Blue. Mulder and Scully run around as more and more people get killed or disappeared by the creature before ending up marooned on a rock in a lake where they have a serious philosophical discussion on Mulder's whole deal. <laughs> they slay the creature and the mystery is solved, or is it? <laughs> anyway, so diving right into the episode, we have a very on-the-nose cold open, but I love it, honestly. <laughs> you have the grouchy wildlife biologist, which I feel like I've taken a class with this man. I was know? about to say, very good writing for this ecologist. It's just immaculate professor vibes. That is, that is what they are like. Especially, like, whenever their focus is not charismatic megafauna. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I loved his little line. It was like, because he's trying to get these frogs that he studies on the endang- endangered species list. Mm-hmm. And the forestry ranger is like, lots of animals go inst- extinct. It's not our problem. <laughs> Which, like, okay, kind of is our problem. It's kind of your whole deal, but right. whatever. And he's like, we would find a way if it were cute furry mammals we were talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is just like top tier, like ecology professor comment right there. Yeah. I also thought it was funny that this Forest Service guy was like, we can't put every animal on the endangered species list. And it's like, no, actually, we can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like theoretically, you could. Nothing is stopping you. But it reminded me of uh, one of my first 
like one of my first days in one of my ecology classes, we had an assignment where you had to like find a paper uh, and kind of, you know, do a summary about it. Pretty standard exercise. And we were like partnered up and a lot of other people brought up like wolves or other mammals or vertebrates or something. <laughs> and my professor was like invertebrate bias. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and and it's like this idea. That, I mean, like the cute cuddly animals get all the attention, right? It's uh, then me and my partner went up and we were like, so there's a study about these ants that got this fungus that controlled their mind. <laughs> the zombie fungus. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if you know this about me, Shelby, but I really don't like frogs. <laughs> I'm mildly okay. afraid of them. And the very first scene is like a frog. And I definitely had a frog nightmare I last night. That. I really wasn't bo- that bothered by the the forest ranger guy uh, because I also hate <laughs> frogs. Oh, I love frogs. <laughs> oh, you know, that's the thing. I should have known that because my sister's also afraid of frogs. But I think I also forgot that there were this many frogs. In the right. so, Must be like, like a Gulf Coast thing, to be honest. It's like <laughs> I get that frogs aren't for everyone. But like, I love frogs. I have a frog tattoo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I like the first like, scene showed up and I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, why does this guy hate frogs so much? Frogs are great. <laughs> One time my my cat Wyatt was outside and he was trying to come back inside and he had a frog in his mouth. No. And I was like, you're not coming inside. And he just stands out there and he goes to meow and the frog hops out <laughs> his mouth. No. <laughs> and I was like, okay, you can come back inside now as long as that frog's gone. <laughs> Oh god. That's hilarious. <laughs> but the my absolute favorite lines from this cold open are both by Dr. Faraday. One is frog holocaust. <laughs> I wrote that one down. I it, I didn't put any notes. I just wrote frog holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> yes, same. Absolute Yikes. same. And the very on the nose, you can't turn your back on nature or nature will turn her back on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like themes we are getting into the themes right now it's like i wonder what's gonna happen in this episode yeah, yeah. i also like that this ecologist's name is dr faraday when faraday was yes. a physicist <laughs> like kim, kim yes. did her best okay <laughs> it, yeah it was fun it's a great name mm-hmm. even though it is like the faraday cage it's not frogs yeah <laughs> I would have been too on the. I feel like I'd have been too on the nose to name him like Doctor Darwin or something. <laughs> <laughs> but the four, four she ranger goes to leave, and he loses his damn beeper. <laughs> Incredible! So he has to go back and find his beeper, and as he goes back, he gets attacked. And the shot where he's pulled into the water and his hands going under, and then the focus out onto the frog sitting on the shore is Chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> that frog killed him. He said, I heard you talking shit. Yeah, he's like, it's survival of the fittest. And the frog is just sitting there getting watching him get eaten. And it's like, yeah, it's survival of the fittest, all right. <laughs> I, uh, I was kind of nervous that our monster of the week would just be like a giant frog. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I can handle this. <laughs> that would have been wild. <laughs> and then we have the credits. And then we have the opening scene of Mulder and Scully in the car. And Scully is at like a 10 right now. Like she is absolutely fed up because she said Mulder called her on a Saturday, said, be ready in five minutes. <laughs> We're flying to Georgia. <laughs> and so she had to bring her dog, Queequeg. So Queequeg's back. Aww. I love 
Queequeg. Immediately they were like, he's stinky, he has to piss. And I was like, I would die for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then Mulder's complaining about that she brought her dog whenever, like, he's the reason she had to bring her dog. Like, yeah, he says, I can't believe you had to bring that thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is wrong with this man? Mulder and Queequeg are beefing so hardcore in this episode. <laughs> but yeah, Scully had this whole thing. She's like, can't, like, all the dog sitters are booked. My mom is out of town. And you know how I feel about kennels. So I love this idea that they've had this argument before. <laughs> mm -hmm. And she's like, so if you don't pull over, he's going to piss in your car and you're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> and you will have deserved it, sir. It, it felt very um, like whenever you're like the kids are being bad and all of a sudden it's like your kids are acting up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so she's she's like, what are we doing here, Mulder? And he's like, you know, we have jurisdiction. He's a forestry service. She's like, that's not what I'm asking, Mulder. I'm asking, what are we doing here? Why are we looking into a missing person case? And then she sees the road signs that say <laughs> this lake has a monster in it, big blue. <laughs> and she, her just complete irritation and you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> it's so good. It, impeccable. <laughs> impeccable. So, of course... Their first stop is to Dr. Faraday because he was the last person that saw the forestry ranger. And also he doesn't like the forestry ranger, which I love how he also just acknowledges that. He's like, yeah, he's an asshole. I don't like him. What does that mean? Like, this doesn't mean I disappeared him. That's nonsense. <laughs> I really like the scientist. He's very fun. He's yeah. such a on the nose, like a perfect character. He's really great. And like the actor who plays him plays him really well. And also, like, his mm -hmm. lab looks like an ecology lab, like all of the, like, fish tanks and stuff. And Mulder's going to ask him questions, and he's like, do you know of any native—he says indigenous species, which isn't really the language biologists use. They say native species. But he says, like, do you know any species that can attack a human being? And he's like, yeah, another human. <laughs> and he's like, anything else? I was cracking I up when he was like— Mm -hmm. Do you? He said, "Do you know of any other creature that could attack a human being?" And he says, "Yes." And Mulder, like, is like, <laughs> he's like, jumps, like he just yeah. makes this face, and it's so great. <laughs> yeah, and like the he's he's spent like five minutes with Mulder, and his his line of aside from that, is there a creature that comes to mind? Has anyone ever told you to you have a great problem coming to the point? <laughs> a plus king, we stand. Like, if you're if you're trying to con me into saying that I think Big Blue, Big Blue is real and attack them, just ask me that. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's just like, just come out and say what you're trying to get me to say, because I'm not going to fucking say it. Mm -hmm. And his his little like rant here about anything, anything requiring thought and complexity immediately gets pushed to conspiracy theories and um, out there, the wildest series you can think of is so on point especially it's so it, i'm sure it was relevant then but like it is so relevant now like spookily so but also like he's a legend for saying that and like he makes a lot of good points even though he is a grump you know he's a well-meaning grump mm -hmm. but also i can't imagine how irritated he would be today because he's like tabloids have shrunk our our attention spans since a soundbite he's like oh if you thought that was bad <laughs> if you thought it was bad in the 90s oh boy let me tell you about Twitter. <laughs> also, I did have one quibble with what he said when he said, because um, Mulder mentions like, well, they found a bull shark in this lake in Massachusetts. And he said, 
an anomaly. But it's not an anomaly. Bull sharks are like pretty common. I mean, not common necessarily, but they can live in freshwater. It's actually mm-hmm. kind of weird that they can because most sharks can't survive in saltwater because I believe it's their blood is too salty. So like the rules of osmosis is the salt would get pulled out of their blood into the fresher water. Yeah. But but the bull sharks have a lower salt level and can regulate their salt better. Yeah. It's also like Massachusetts is a coastal state too, so it like it makes sense that, you know, a bull shark yeah. could go from fre- from saltwater to freshwater there. Exactly, exactly. And but I, I love when like Mulder just like he he kept getting snippy with everybody. He was so fed up with everybody in this episode. Except Scully. He wasn't really snippy with her. And then they stop at a, a very cute bait shop, just a very on the nose bait shop. Everything about this episode is so incredibly nineties, which I know we'll discuss mm-hmm. later with the uh 90s segment but like (laughs) having to stop because they're lost and buy a map (laughs) hilarious yeah (laughs) yeah just like this bait shop owner with the hat that says show us your bobbers i love that complete tourist trap i want that hat so bad that's like the best hat i've ever seen (laughs) show us your bobbers so good great (laughs) great hat and he, he, you know, Mulder, of course, every time he meets a local, he's always like, so what's this hot goss about this big blue? I'd love to know. And he weaves him this story like he's said it over and over because he probably has. And he said, I was 10 and I heard this noise. And apparently the monster grabbed a cow that had went, gotten out and was drinking by the lake. And Scully's just like, oh, yeah, I bet that story sells a lot of T-shirts. <laughs> But then we we meet Ansel, who is an obsessive looking for Big Blue, and he's got his whole camera set up, and that's pretty much all he's been doing for quite a while. And then we, a man, there's like, uh, we have a quick scene where a man's fishing off the dock, and he catches something in his line, and it is half of the Boy Scout troop leader. It's his legs. And one interesting, when I was reading about this episode, one interesting thing Kim Manners mentioned is he said it was hard because it's a he called it a big sky episode because there's so many shots outdoors mm-hmm. and he's like how do i make the outdoors scary when it's not night you know and i think this episode does a pretty so- good job i like the kind of you know stalkerish camera angles you know very much like predator prey camera angles it has going on yeah also the like sort of dense pine forest too i think mm-hmm. helps I think it's interesting that it's set in Georgia because Georgia does have a lot of pines. There's a lot of pines in the southeast United States. But like to me, they stood out as like Vancouver, like so yes. hard because of that, because like they look different. They're not quite as tall. And then also like around the lake, you have like the hills, quote unquote. Those those are too big to be Appalachia because we're talking about like yeah. lower Appalachia here. Like the, the Appalachian Mountains are so old compared to the Rockies and stuff, right? I think that that was really mm-hmm. funny. It's just kind of like, yeah, they tried. They tried on the setting because they did have so many outdoor shoots in this one, but it still screams Canada. They absolutely can. They're just constantly fighting with Vancouver. It just yep. Vancouver looks like Vancouver and it's always raining. Every time they go somewhere that isn't like the Pacific Northwest and it's wet, you're right. always like, I'm not saying it doesn't rain here, but like. But like you, it yeah. rains, rains. It doesn't drizzle, right? It's just so Pacific Northwest in this episode. I think it's really funny that it's set in Georgia. Like they could have set it in like Washington or something, and it still would have worked. I think, but they always do. Yeah, that's true. 
I think they try it. They're trying to branch out. Scully has a great theory with the Boy Scout leader because his flight's unzipped, and she's like, "Lots of drowning victims were drunk and were trying to pee and fell off." Like, yeah, that's not really that uncommon. Yeah, I I do think like going back to the idea of like trying to make the lake scary during the day versus night. The um the guy who finds the body refers to instead of being like, "Oh my gosh, I found a dead body," he says, "I found a floater." <laughs> <laughs> and that was like so jarring to me because I was like, they must find so many dead bodies. <laughs> it's just this casual yeah. like, oh, this one's a floater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It freaked me yeah. out. Yeah, I, yeah. I've never really like lived in a lake area. I've only visited, but I wonder how much it is. Like, yeah, another dead body. You know. Yeah. And we have a scene at night. Um, and I love the the ambience, like animal noises, which is they use as a clue of like when they're it's quiet. The creature's coming, but also it's just soothing. <laughs> I just love the like outdoor noises. But the bait shop owner is wearing monster boots and he's trying to do some fake footprints and then gets his foot stuck and then gets eaten and devoured. <laughs> and the fake boots were very funny to me. I don't know if y'all remember these, but it was like I got these uh this like swim gear as a kid. It was like supposed to make you look like a, a sea monster. So yes. we had like gloves mm-hmm. and goggles yes. with like this rubber mask thing. And I was like, that literally looks like what I had and it was yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were at the next morning they find his his show us your bobber's hat. So I you know, R.I.P. to that man, but <laughs> happy that his hat survived, you know? Right. Yeah. The monster knew to save the best part, you know. He respected mm-hmm, the hat. Mm-hmm. That hat is, is and, in a thrift and, shop in Georgia somewhere today. We, we gotta go get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ansel and Mulder are like so amped because they see the footprints that he made and they're like, yes, yes, yes. Hard proof. Yes, absolutely. And and then like the sheriff and Scully and Queequeg show up. And first of all, the, the sheriff's hat sucked. It was yeah. like a trucker hat. It looked with, like, really a, bad. Yes. Like a bad patch that is supposed to be a sheriff star and it just it looks like a halloween costume <laughs> southern <does>. sheriff <laughs> there's i feel like <laughs> i feel like there's a story behind um his costuming in this episode like what happened for that hat to make it to the final <laughs> yeah stage, you know like it looked really bad it really did and quick runs off which like why is quick being so mean to scully <laughs> and also like how can Scully not keep her hand on a leash? He is a he's a damn Pomeranian. Right. That's what I thought too. But also, I don't know. I think Queequeg in this scene is definitely there to just foil Mulder, right? Mulder's so excited about this hard evidence, and then his arch nemesis Queequeg shows up. <laughs> he's like, nah, can't let you have this. Yeah. Yes. The the Queequeg is an extension of Scully's skepticism. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And so Queequeg finds the boot. And Scully's like, come look at this, you dipshits. She doesn't say that. She's nicer, but that's my editor- editorializing. I wish she said that. <laughs> <laughs> Let Scully curse. <laughs> Please. And so, and but even before that, she was like, okay, if this creature did exist, these footprints would be way deeper. Which, like, yes, obviously. <laughs> she was, like, onto it before. She's like, yeah, I already know this is fucked. And then we have uh, uh, the hippie man. This is a nice shot of establishing that we're about to see some hippies. All the misfits. And then we stickers. see them. Mm-hmm. And it's the druggy, druggy stoner, uh, the guy and the girl from where the copper phage is actually. So 
uh, you'll notice there are a couple, I mean, them and then Queequeg are a nice little bit for like Darren Morgan flavor. And he did some like uncredited rewrites that are extremely obvious in the conversation on the rock, Mm -hmm. but just like an additional, you could tell like he had a little bit of input in the script because he is credited as the story editor on this episode. So it makes sense. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's the story editor for this season, but yeah, he definitely like did a lot of work, but they're trying to get high with frogs, which gross, disgusting. (laughs) So he just licks a frog. (laughs) It's like, I don't think they do that. You know, even with the hallucinogenic frogs, I'm sure they, you know, take the liquid and do something else. These, these stoners are the dumbest stoners I've ever experienced. Like they're just like, inhaling like methane gas and like licking frogs to try to get high like that just makes no sense to me like it's easier to just smoke weed we needed to legalize weed in the 90s for them <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> they needed to get some better weed they needed to stop drinking that skunk weed they were probably on right but they're startled by the scuba diver who then gets killed and that <laughs> the Great, like him getting his body dragged away and pulled under. <laughs> horrifying. I gasped. And <laughs> that ring, that ring looked fun. I don't know. It looked fun to be pulled ar- along in the water like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's like the, fun. The shot where like his head comes back up. Yeah. And then it just like bobs sideways. So you show like it's only his head left. Just great directing. Show us your that, bobbers. You know. <laughs> yeah, sh- yeah. Show us your bobbers, your dead head bobbers. <laughs> And then Mulder and Scully and the sheriff show up and they're like, what happened? And Scully's like, boat propeller, even though like <laughs> they were high, but they would have known that there was a boat. there. <laughs> oh, I would say it's also like, I don't think boats typically decapitate people that easily. Right. Like, I feel like it would go for like, it would be easier to get a limb caught than like your head. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it kind of depends. Like, I don't know the angle or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. yeah there's like, she's standing out. Like they're standing in front of the lake, her and Mulder and um, Scully goes like she talks about the propeller and she's like, gosh, it's like rush hour out here. And then in the background, there's like two boats on the lake. <laughs> I was so confused. I, I was like, OK. <laughs> she's just so over it. She's just like giving any explanation right. she can think of. Yeah, they have like the nice back and forth. We're like, he's just like, you cannot be serious. <laughs> like you were fucking with me right now. Aren't you? She's just like, Mulder, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I also uh, made a an all caps note to myself that in this kind of like montage where they find the the body and stuff, uh, Mulder is wearing Timberlands. I think. Yes, <laughs> yes. he loves those boots. <laughs> he looks so good at them. I too. like rewound. Like I had to go back, and I was like, "Hold on." <laughs> I was like, "Are we having a moment right here?" <laughs> I absolutely love their outdoor fits. They were little... so good. <laughs> they were so good, but they have like. Scully and like business casual. And I'm like, why can she not like wear like a t shirt or whatever? You know, like she's wearing this weird blouse at one point. I'm like, yeah, she's always wearing like leather gloves. And I'm like, on a lakeside? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, go and whatever, you know, (laughs) live your truth, Scully. (laughs) That's the other funny thing about shooting Vancouver is it's so damn cold. They just have to like pretend like they're in like 90 degree weather, which I don't know if this was actually like supposed to be set in, you know, December to begin with, you know? Because it's not, like, very sunny or anything. It, it doesn't seem like a lake day in the summer. Right. But it is. It just, like, has this, like, 
feeling of coldness that like you don't get in Georgia. Yeah. Unless it's December. That's why it's so funny that it's set in Georgia because it just screams Canada the entire time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I love that. Like that's yeah, what it's these, a mood. Like, Vancouver scenes rule because it's just like this permeate like cult like environment they cannot get rid of. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I miss whenever they 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 leave Vancouver. I know. I saw someone at one point um say like on Twitter they were like the show got worse after they left Vancouver. They never should have done it. It's like I mean, I agree the show was at its best in Vancouver, but it couldn't have been helped that David Duchovny became a wife guy and got very mad <laughs> and insisted they move to LA like that. <laughs> That was kind of beyond them. <laughs> but, and then Ansel dies. We're really just churning through people pretty quick, honestly. <laughs> They're like, okay, like, let's get to the second, like, let's get to the next act, like, dead, like, killing all these people off. And, but I do love Ansel's setup of, like, an inner tube with meat on it in the lake. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> to try to catch it. He has some good cameras, like that, that camera where that, where the top flips open and you look down. I actually have one of those. They're really cool. Mm -hmm. That dude has spent some money on these cameras to try to catch a picture of Big Blue. Absolutely, absolutely. But also, he was like, he had the camera set up, but then he was like dilly-dallying with his back to it. And so that's how he got got. And it's just like, man, no wonder you never got a picture of the thing. Right. <laughs> it's like amateur hour here. <laughs> I hated that for him. It felt like, you know, he'd, he'd been doing this for so long. and. <laughs> He'd never gotten eaten while taking hers. Not until now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a real shame that in in a very indirect or maybe direct, I guess, but the sixth extinction, whereas humans and our actions have caused a mass extinction of species on a level usually not seen. I mean, this is only the sixth extinction, right? Us influencing the world so the frog population did decreases, causing whatever cre this creature is to reach further out. <laughs> Indirectly got it. So what I'm saying is climate change killed Ansel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Agreed. <laughs> so sorry to that man. And, and then, of course, Mulder, Scully, and the sheriff show up to where Ansel was taken. And Mulder is beating his drum again, and he says, we need to close the lake down. Come on. <laughs> and his line... Three in one day, Sheriff. All this driving from crime scene to crime scene is giving me highway hypnosis. Close down the lake. <laughs> Just incredible. I feel like he'd practiced that one beforehand and wasn't <laughs> to say it. Yes, yes. yes. He'd like, he was brainstorming in the car. He was just, you know, coming up with some lines with Scully. And the, the sheriff is like, no, like, I don't have the manpower and I don't see the reason to. Lots of people die at the lake. And while they're trying to fish the body, they're like throwing these grappling hooks into the water. He gets pulled in and something brushes up against him, but he manages to get out in time. But it is enough to convince him that the lake needs to get shut down. <laughs> so it's like, OK, until it affects you personally. <laughs> what a cop. And Mulder and Scully return to the lake, but they have Ansel's photographs now. and and. They're all blurry. He, he. I guess he didn't really get the hang of the, this photography thing. You know, sometimes well, also he was being attacked. Hard, you know. Yes, yes. And so they're blurry, and Mulder's like very quickly like looking at these pictures and handing them to Scully, and, and just be like, "Is this anything?" <laughs> and she's like, "Like, what is this? Is this a tooth?" 
I loved this scene. But, <laughs> yes. And it gave mm-hmm. me huge vibes of like going to like a family member's house for Christmas or something and then being shown like photographs of their vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, because like otherwise you would just post them on Facebook now. But like I do remember actually having to like print out photographs to show two people. <laughs> yeah. And you would get the doubles. So, you know, you could like give them away and keep your copy. Right. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so just this huge mound of photographs are going through. And Scully's line of 15 years of hunting, and the only thing he can come up with is a blurry shot of the creature's tooth. The man's body is not even cold yet. (laughs) (laughs) She's just going in on him. She's so over this assignment. And then Queequeg's crying at the door, because he has to pee again. Because he's a Pomeranian and has a bladder the size of a walnut. (laughs) Yes, yes. And I loved um, Mulder's looking at the pictures and he goes, do you want me to go with you? <laughs> and she goes, I'll be fine. And like lifts her shirt to show her gun. And he smiles and it's like, this is so cute. The shit cute. <laughs> She's packing your honor. She's I okay. love them. <laughs> She's like, I have a survive. I can I can handle it. But it is like such a I mean, before this, like they've sort of just been bickering so far. This is like our first time of like this geniality that they have. Right. It's definitely kind of like an old married couple bickering. It's like whenever you're both exactly. kind of annoyed at each other. Um, and so you're kind of just like low key fighting the entire time. Yeah. But like, it's still like, you know, that like your partner is like, just kind of just, you know, like grumpy. So you just kind of like let it slide. <laughs> yeah. And also like she said, why are we here? She did still come. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when are we gonna have a conversation about this scully <laughs> but quickly is barking and not peeing this is why i don't have dogs you know what i mean <laughs> like i just like i get fed up with wyatt crying when he wants food i can't imagine like being outside in the cold and being like if you don't pee right now i'm leaving you out here. <laughs> i i once heard someone give advice on naming a dog and it's like you need to think about a name that you're willing to beg to pee at 5 a.m in the dark and the cold <laughs> outside <laughs> go with a name that sounds good then and she and she chose queek quake queek quake queek quake go pee oh my god <laughs> and then Queequeg runs away again because this dog hates Scully for no reason. I'm sure she's a fine dog owner, except that she's probably gone a lot. And then the dog right. has to stay with Maggie. But, you know. Right. It, maybe, yeah, maybe Queequeg just likes Scully's mom more, you know. <laughs> but it's also like, so, why needy. can't why can't Scully like keep a hold of this leash? He's a he's a miniature Pomeranian. Like. <laughs> It's it's unreal. Like this is where you could tell it's just like for plot reasons, obviously. Right. But like they really made her arms very <laughs> fragile. <laughs> just in this episode. So he runs off and she's chasing him and she finally catches up to the leash because it's one of those retractable ones. And then we just hear a quick quick r- cry and some noises and a yelp and then a quiet as the leash retracts with just his collar. It's very it's sad. So sad. R.I.P. to Queequeg. They did Queequeg so dirty. I had written like a few bullet points ago. I was like, if they kill Queequeg, I swear to God. And then a few down, I'm like, oh my God, they killed Queequeg. Oh my, they really How did. How could they? And- like, why? Unnecessary. I could just feel, 
I can feel Darren being like, I want to kill Queequeg. You know what I mean? <laughs> I gave her this dog. I'm going to kill it. <laughs> I feel like there's definitely, it was definitely a, like a writer's room choice of like, okay, we can't constantly keep up with the fact that she has this dog now. So we're going to have to qu- kill Queequeg at some point. And it's like. Yeah, I bet they were all dying too, too. They all wanted have, to kill this dog, I bet. Right. It didn't have to be like, you know, like this. I don't want to say exactly how he died yet, you know, give it away. But like, it didn't have to. But I do have this quote from when David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson did one of their AMAs. <laughs> and someone asked, don't you guys think Queequeg deserved better? And David said, yes. And Jillian says, no, that dog killed people with its farts <laughs> and it deserved to die a nasty death in the mouth of that. What are frogs? <laughs> yeah. Ugh, I had to shampoo it or walk away every few seconds because these puffs of nastiness kept happening. <laughs> That's why Queequeg kept running away from her. That's yes, so funny. Because Jillian had bad vibes. Hateful energy. <laughs> Maybe I'll bleep out what I just read, what killed Queequeg. You should add in just like frog. <laughs> Giant yes, frog. We need to Ribbit. utilize the what are frogs clip as much this episode, I feel, so... That's true. Just have David come and say frog. <laughs> what are frogs? And so she goes back and, and Mulder's trying to talk to her and he says, sorry about Queequeg. And she just like looks so shocked because her dog just died. And even through how much she hated him, Jillian is doing acting. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yes. And she's a professional. Mm-hmm. And But they won't stop taking people from Scully's life. Her sister, now her dog. <laughs> But yeah, his sorry about Queequeg. And it's like, bitch, we know you aren't sorry. You hated the dog. And also now you get her to yourself again. (laughs) I know. I was so bothered by him right here. (laughs) It felt very like a little kid, like not getting weight. Like, (laughs) yes. Right. It's like she's grieving. Like maybe give her some space, you know, some time. Yeah, he was just powering through it. He's like, hey, actually, I've been looking at these photographs and they're like spots in the lake and you can actually like trick them. You can actually track where the monster is gone. And and she's like, I didn't hear what you said. And he's like, what part? He's like, literally everything. (laughs) Like, what do you think? Like, my dog just died. (laughs) Yeah, he I just I just know his rating's going to be awful. (laughs) Because he is really on one today. I'm really excited for that part. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i really wasn't sure how to how to rate uh so i'm excited to see what y'all can <laughs> and then she said and he's like hey by the way can you drive a boat we should go get on a boat in the n- middle of the night to find this creature and i how how does how does he convince her to do this stuff you know what i mean like she goes all in on him but like ma'am you have something going on with you that prevents you from doing logically logical things like this can wait until morning right sometimes i'm like scully what what's wrong because why are you making these choices <laughs> yeah just she's tell down him no bad. also like he's asking her if she does send her a boat her father was in the navy like of course she does <laughs> Like, why is this a question? <laughs> so they're on a boat in the middle of the night, and they're looking at the little radar, and they see all the fishies, but then suddenly something very big comes and hits their boat and fills it with water. And so they have to flee, and, and Scully's doing the mayday on the radio, and Mulder's grabbing the life vest and a lantern, which I have, like, weird beefs with this lantern because... 
is like stored in the bench of the ship with the light jacket, but it's also a gas lantern and you wouldn't store it like that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like they're very delicate, actually. I actually don't have that much experience with gas la- lanterns, but I have a decent amount of experience with propane lanterns. And the glass, I mean, it's glass. Like you have to be gentle with the glass that you actually pop the hand, like canister in. And then the bags inside that light are like silk and you have to put them on there and it's kind of hard. And if you put them in wrong, actually, like they'll just burn up really quickly. And it's, it's like a whole thing to set up these ca- like lanterns. And it's just like sitting in there sideways full of gas. <laughs> like this is how I know y'all haven't been outside. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's definitely like one of the like props departments being like, what looks nautical? <laughs> What looks outdoorsy more than just like our usual flashlights? What gives a nice ambient light for this conversation on the rock? Mm-hmm. They get marooned onto the rock and we have the conversation on the rock, which I've mentioned a couple times. But it's like it's the nickname. This scene is given by the fan community online. So it's shortened to COTR. And at one point, I think in 2013, because that was the 20th anniversary of the show. and. I think Jillian was on a radio show and someone mentioned the conversation on the rock tour and she hadn't heard the term before and she got like really excited. And so at like Comic-Con, she had these shirts printed up that say C-O-T-R. <laughs> and she like asked the audience, she's like, does anyone know what this is? I love Cute. that. I'm just like obsessed with the fact that like she became obsessed with the conversation on the rock <laughs> as a concept. Yes. But like even even in like the little books I read, she, she really liked this scene because it's like very... It's such a good character bit, and it's such a good scene in general. And it's nice to have, they get to have a conversation that it never really, they never really get to talk about, right? And so, and so it's sort of like in the night, all alone, not sure what's going to happen. You start thinking about things and how you got here. <laughs> and Scully's just like, like, what are we doing here, Mulder? And, and Mulder, you know, saying like, there is a creature in this lake and I want to find out what it is. This is my whole deal, you know this. He doesn't say that part, but like it's his whole his whole deal, right? But <laughs> Scully just being confronted with the fact that she is stranded on a rock in the middle of a lake with this man, and she's like, "How the hell did I get here? What are we doing here?" And her dog just died. Mm-hmm. And Mulder, you know, he gives this like weird, you know, his kind of bullshit answer. I mean, it's not bullshit to him, but it's bullshit to us. I would feel is like. It's tangible proof of, you know, things beyond what we know. It could change evolutionary biology. Scully, you're a scientist. This should intrigue you. And she's just like, no. <laughs> I actually really loved that because it felt so vulnerable. Like, it felt like he was like half, he was almost there. And then he was like, okay, like, try to look smart. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I really yes. loved that. Yeah, and, and, and she's like, is that really why? Like, right. are you sure you're not lying to yourself in this scenario? Mm-hmm. And then and then she says, like, you know what I really saw in those photographs? I saw you. I saw a man who didn't listen to anybody except himself, became so obsessed with finding this creature that he, you know, just stood there and tried to take a picture of it while it died. <laughs> and, and, like, that's so interesting to me, because I've definitely mentioned this before, but without Scully, that is what Mulder is. Right. He is a man that doesn't listen to anybody except himself. But with Scully as like this calming force with him, he doesn't he he doesn't fall into that as much because he listens to her and he respects her. But without her, he is that man. 
there's a little bit where um, Mulder says, oh, actually, Ansel was hoping to sell the, you know, sell the photograph and live off the proceeds of a real genuine big blue picture. <laughs> and Scully's like, well, at least that's a, as dumb as it sounds, at least that's a legitimate reason. And Mulder's <laughs> like, you don't think my reason is legitimate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, no, we don't. I like how this is like a, like, it's not a fight, but it is like a little bit of a fight, you know? Like, yeah. she is kind of making him think about why he's doing things right now, which he doesn't always do, right? He's just like, I have to do it, right? But like, like really, like, truly, why are you here? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she doesn't really question him in this way. She'll question his evidence right. and his logic, but she never questions his mission. Right. But she is now. She is saying, like, how the hell did we end up here? Mm-hmm. And there's a nice little fake out where they hear a noise and get startled and point their guns. And then there's like a duck. Cute. <laughs> and Mulder's like, I'm still tempted to shoot. <laughs> and he, he, she like kind of like pushes him jokingly. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, other leads wish they had this kind of chemistry. Right. But then we have this nice, I mean, this is like the scene to me. This is my favorite scene of the episode. Them sitting on the rock and just really having a very intimate vulnerable conversation <laughs> about life and everything and <laughs> and he's uh he's like why did you name your dog queequeg <laughs> or she's you know she says poor queequeg mm-hmm. after mentioning the creature and he's like why did you name your dog queequeg <laughs> which is a good, right great question because some yeah. of us don't know about classical literature you know what i mean i've <laughs> never read moby dick so i had no clue where the name queequeg came from same yeah same but I kind of want to read it because, I don't know, I heard good things about it and also it's referenced so much on the X-Files. Right. <laughs> so it feels like I would learn something if I read it, you know, like some deeper insight into the X-Files via Moby Dick. But I guess this is kind of what this scene is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have to read it. I just have to know about the white whale. <laughs> exactly. But she says it's the harpoonist from Moby Dick and that her dad read Moby Dick to her as a kid and she called him Ahab. And he called her Starbuck. It's very cute. It was cute. Also, ma'am, we did not have time to like psychoanalyze the fact that like you called your father Ahab and now you're calling Mulder Ahab. Oh my Ooh, gosh, yes. Shelby. I noticed that so Jesus. hard. I was like, okay, girl. <laughs> a lot to unpack there, Scully. <laughs> you know what? I was just asking, why do you keep doing this? And I do think I have some answers. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> But the line where she says that, she says, No, how much you're like Ahab. You're so consumed by your personal vengeance against life, whether it be its inherent cruelties or its mysteries, that everything takes on a, a, a warped significance to fit your megalomaniacal cosmology. Scully, are you coming on to me? Get him. And his quick deflection after she read him of... Scully, are you trying to flirt with me right now? <laughs> are you coming on to me? And it's just like, of course he does that. He caps that with like a flirty joke. Um, I respect that because I also deflect. So this is interesting because like, I do think Mulder is kind of bothered by being called Ahab in the scene with his whole like sort of like a little bit longer sort of explanation after his like initial mm-hmm. quip of like, oh, are you flirting with me? Like. I don't know, whenever people sort of, like, react that way, it it shows to me that you kind of, like, hit, like, a little bit of a sore spot. Like, maybe he's not always so comfortable with how intense he gets in these situations, you know? Yeah, I fully agree. 
And he responds like, well, you know, I've always wanted to have a peg leg. And Mm -hmm. even Scully's just like, she closes her eyes and it's just like so irritated. She's just like, it's not even mad. It's just like that exhausted frustration you get sometimes. Like you're not even mad. You're just like. She's like, I am trying to talk to you. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yes. And like, you're making this a whole thing. But he goes on and he has this whole thing about like, he wishes he had a peg leg. And it's actually like, a very depressing speech yeah like pretty ableist because he has this idea that like if he did have a peg leg maybe it would be enough to survive that it, just having a disability and living continuing to live would be enough and he wouldn't be expected to make anything of himself which is like incredibly condescending what to the hell Mulder? yeah but it is very instructive on his spe- specific mindset oh yeah because to me what the sh- scene shows is less about like what he said and more about the fact that he feels he has it the trauma of his sister's disappearance has he's lived with that for decades and this entire time it's felt like a weight to him Mm -hmm. but you can't see it because it's an invisible disability and yet he's still been expected to make something of himself and live and so much of like what he does has been so fully influenced by Samantha's disappearance, down to his college degree and his profession. You know what I mean? And just this this idea that he has that, like, it wasn't enough that he survived after her. He had to do something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, as as, um, misguided (laughs) as those comments were, like, I totally... Yeah, I I totally understood, like, um, I don't know, just from the perspective of, like, someone living with, like, mental illness, like, or, and, like, like, the concept of, like, that, I don't know, intense pressure to, like, move past that, and, um, Mm -hmm. right, almost, like, the desire that, like, I wish something visibly horrible would happen to me, because then I would have, then, like, this insecurity um, and this pressure, like, would make sense, or it it would, like, alleviate in, in some way. Um, right. I right. This was really sad for me <laughs> to watch. Yeah. I felt so sad yeah. for him. <laughs> it's really sad. Yeah. yeah. It's really sad. But I think it's like so interesting because this conversation happened in the nineties. And like this is really instructive on how far we've come with conversations about mental health. Because like Mulder's saying this and to us, like it makes perfect sense as misguided as is, because like we all feel that we all understand this idea of mental health and uh trauma or PTSD. Still being a disability, obviously, but for for Mulder, it was just something you had to deal with. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting, like, especially him being like a man and just thinking about people like my dad's age and the way that they talk about them and their friends. Like, I'm like, y'all are depressed. (laughs) But he talks about it like, no, sometimes he just goes and sits outside and stares at the stars and cries. <laughs> Sometimes he just he just thinks about having just, a peg leg. That's you Mulder know? too. <laughs> like, you know, just just normal middle-aged man thoughts, you know? <laughs> Chasing aliens is a coping mechanism for Mulder, obviously. <laughs> and the scene is so instructive with that. It's mm-hmm. the most explicit that we ever get, honestly. And I mean, that's why I love this scene so much. It's it's so illuminating yeah. to their dynamic and also to Mulder's whole deal. <laughs> right. I wish they got into like Mulder's mental health more because I think this scene is such a good sort of opening block for that conversation um, because mm-hmm. it isn't something that's talked about a lot. And it is very sad what he says, but it's also, I think, very true. Um, that is how he feels. Yeah, so much of like, 
the show's interaction with Samantha is mm-hmm. about finding her or finding out what happened to her. And not that that isn't interesting, but there it's in the periphery. This right. idea that this this has left such a m- massive effect on Mulder isn't not said, but it isn't like dug as deep as it is in the scene, <laughs> very indirectly of like, this man is severely depressed. He watched his sister get abducted and it tore his family apart and he's been living in the broken pieces ever since. And right. that's why he chases aliens. That's why he's in Georgia. And that's why Scully's in Georgia, because this man is mentally ill. Yeah. He's yeah, he's not okay. He's not healthy. And I think that yeah, Scully seeing that makes him feel a little uncomfortable because he's not used to people necessarily fully seeing that in himself. Like, yeah, he gets the jokes and and whatnot of, you know, being the alien guy or whatever, but like the way that Scully kind of just like sees him in his vulnerability in that moment, I think does kind of bother him because he's not used to that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they, uh, <laughs> and this whole time he's like, this isn't flippant. I'm not being flippant. I'm being genuine, which is also kind of like illuminating because I feel like he could have just been flippant and just written, you know, not told Scully any of this. Just let it be. She thinks I may have aliens are my white whale. <laughs> That's all it is to it. But his like, I'm not being flippant. And also the very cute scene of him saying his favorite movie decline and Scully mouthing along to it. <laughs> cute. Oh, my God. They're they're such a couple. <laughs> I mean, you know, you want your characters to have the sort of intimacy that they have on a damp rock in the middle of the lake. <laughs> <laughs> also, it just may, it drives me nuts when people watch the scene and they're just like, they're good friends. It's like... <laughs> Two really close good <laughs> friends. Just a couple of pals. <laughs> palling around. Just having an incredible... I guess I that's that's maybe a little flippant on my part. I've had nice conversation with friends, but still. Yeah, no, totally. I think they're definitely... It's very flirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's definitely possible to have those really deep conversations with friends, right? But it's also like these two still have like a chemistry together that is flirty. Like both can be true. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could convince my friends to drop everything on a Saturday to fly to Georgia to look for a lake monster. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I would not. Would I do that for my wife? Maybe, yeah. Exactly, that's Hard what I'm saying. maybe. <laughs> did I drive an hour away yesterday to help her with the music thing? Yeah, I did. But they hear another noise and Mulder's like, ugh, this damn duck's back. <laughs> but then it's louder and they get all worried and the lantern goes out. And it's uh, Dr. Faraday, which we get after a, um ad break, whatever that's called. There's like some term for when it cuts to commercial, but anyway, <laughs> unimportant. <laughs> and Dr. Faraday's like, oh, I heard some talking. Uh, I hope I wasn't interrupting anything. And it's like, if they're fucking on this rock, is it any of your business? No. So why don't you shut up? <laughs> but they find out they were like maybe 50 yards from the shore the entire time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> but. They they walk back and they have a conversation with Dr. Faraday and Mulder and Scully put the pieces together that the frogs are the key to the creature's encroachment on the lakeshore more and attacking humans is that its usual food source, the frogs, is being depleted because of manned or human interactions with environments where we have really fucked up everything, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not the first time this theme has popped up in the X-Files. Nope. And 
So it needs to diversify its food source. And the and then the sheriff comes by and he's like, another tack, other side of the lake. Let's go. But Mulder is so fixated on this frog thing. He's like, no, the creature is here. Like, we can find it here. This is where it goes. This is where it lives. And the sheriff's like, no, it attacked on the other side. We already got a boat out. We already got the help. Like, over there. Let's go look over there. If y'all want to dick around over here, why don't y'all? I don't care. <laughs> and just Mulder's like, inability to play nice and just you know butter up the sheriff to do what he wants him to do <laughs> and so of course the sheriff goes to jump off and scully turns around and goes sheriff <laughs> Mulder and i agent Mulder and i would really appreciate it if you lent us two or three of your men to look over here and he's like okay i can do that and scully turning to him and his like little quiet thanks <laughs> mm-hmm. love that it reminded me, this is a perfect time to mention one of my absolute favorite bits of, um, well, my favorite line that David Duchovny has ever said about Mulder and Scully. And it's from the behind, they did like, for the end of season five, they did like a kind of behind the scenes sort of interviewee type documentary show episode for the movie that was coming out after the season ended. And, and in it, uh, David Duchovny talks about how he was at this party once. Uh, and there was a guy there, and he was not nice, and no one really liked him that much, and everyone thought he was kind of an ass, and he had this wife who was lovely and wonderful and beautiful, and everyone loved her, <laughs> and the guy was talking to them, and he and he said, my wife, who is my human credential, and this idea that because he was married to such a wonderful woman, it kind of validated everyone else, or th- it made everyone else think, Maybe there's something about this guy that is really, there's something really nice about this guy because this wonderful woman loves him. Mm -hmm. And how could she be wrong, you know? Right. And that is literally Mulder and Scully's dynamic. Oh, to a T. Yeah. Scully has to play interference sometimes because he's so boneheaded and stubborn (laughs) and just doesn't play well with others that sometimes she does have to be like, don't mind him. (laughs) But it's like one of my all time things. I, I use it. I think about it in the context of people a lot. I think it's really insightful. It's not like always a thing, but I think sometimes you can really, it's really illuminating, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But as the sheriff is going, uh, they hear a yell and they realize that Dr. Faraday had been attacked. And so they go and they find him and luckily he's still alive, but his leg got bitten. And Scully said that he nicked, the, the creature nicked an artery. And so she's trying to, you know, help him save his leg. As she does, as a medical doctor. <laughs> and then Mulder's impulse is like, where's the creature? I'm going to go find it. <laughs> it was just here. <laughs> and and he's like, okay, I got to go run off and find this stupid creature. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. Scully was like, oh my gosh, he's hurt. And Mulder was like, all right, I'm going to head okay, out. Bye. I'm going to go find this monster. <laughs> Seems like, like y'all typical. have it handled. <laughs> y'all have it yeah, handled like, over this- here. I'm going to go look for the creature now. I truly don't think Mulder thinks he can die. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, I have a gun. I can defeat this creature, <laughs> even though I think it's a, a prehistoric dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what's his plan here? <laughs> <laughs> no plans, no thoughts, no feelings. <laughs> just, just, vibe, just vibes. <laughs> just vibes. <laughs> Where's, what's that, um, that Mount Gus line where it's, I'm healthy, I am whole. I have poor impulse control. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's him. Mm-hmm. Just a teenage boy. You said maybe not yeah. healthy or whole. But... 
but definitely poor impulse control. <laughs> yeah. And Mulder goes to chase after his white whale, and he finds it, and he kills it. <laughs> and it turns out it was a crocodile. No, it wasn't a crocodile, actually. It was an alligator. Okay. I thought it was a crocodile, because, like, I don't think alligators really attack people, right? I don't... Do crocodiles do either, unless you, like, really kind of, like, go at them, right? See, I thought crocodiles were more aggressive, but I, I went to remember. a state park once, and there was, like, a little park ranger there, and mm-hmm. it was, like, a, you know, like, one of those interactive wildlife buildings they had, and we went in to, you know, look around, and he was telling us a lot about alligators, so I learned a lot. And he was saying that in Texas, at least, uh, between, like, 1836, which is when Texas was founded, to, like, now... There's only been one death attributed to an alligator, and it was like a drunk 28-year-old who kept harassing this alligator and it right. killed it. Right, yeah. Killed him. So, like, they usually just leave humans alone, mm-hmm. but with all that being said, there was also that alligator attack a couple years ago, I want to say in 2015, where that alligator in Florida grabbed, like, a two-year-old and killed it. Yeah. Um, which also led to, like, one of the most infamous tweets of all time. Have y'all seen that one? No. The Brianna... The, uh, oh God, it's it's like an all timer. It's like one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard. But also, it's like so awful. It's like really funny. <laughs> but it's this uh, it's this tweet by Brianna Snarth, who I think is no longer on Twitter. So R.I.P. to a legend. I'm so finished with white men entitlement lately that I'm really not sad about a two year old being eaten by a like, gator because his daddy ignored signs. <laughs> oh shit! Like, oh no! Like. <laughs> Ma'am, Ooh. like, what is wrong with you? There's such a thing as being too woke. Like, that's not even woke. That's just awful. But like, this idea that like white men who whose son died because a fucking alligator climbed out of the water and grabbed their child, like, it was because he was a white man and not because like I, I don't know how you're supposed to stop. That. Sometimes there's just no like um. What I want to say. Sometimes there's just like no reason behind things. You know, like we just need to let let it be like not everything needs to be a commentary but that one is like that's like a really infamous tweet (laughs) so there's that incident but for the most part yeah i thought alligators were more aggressive um or not alligators i thought crocodiles were more aggressive i don't know but i guess if you get hungry enough the the I don't know. They didn't use a real animal, right? That wasn't a real animal. No, it definitely puppet. looked yeah fake. It did um, look like a crocodile, though. It had a U-shaped snout. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, I know. I also had a moment where I was like, um, I think that's a crocodile, not an alligator. <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, same, absolute same. I also like how Mulder's been talking up sort of the like evolutionary like significance of this creature and then he just starts blasting away. <laughs> yeah, he just like unloads his clip. He in. just he just said, fuck any of that. I'm blasting and just like <laughs> Anyway, I'm just defending alligators because right. they're my, I feel like they're homies, you know? Yeah. I I don't I've never really like seen one in the wild. But also at the same exhibit, there was like a skull of an alligator that was like 20 foot that they pulled out of the lake. That's an old ass animal to get that big. Holy (sighs) shit. And the skull was massive. It was like the length of my torso. You know what I mean? It was massive. Like how long? It's all bone. Like their skulls are just so thick. You're supposed to attack their eyes or snout. Right. Like that's insane. Like how long that animal must have lived to get that big. Mm -hmm. And just to get offed, you know, kind of awful. R.I.P. to a legend, that alligator school. Yes. But Mulder's very sad that it was just an alligator. 
it's like, I just wanted it to be a cryptid so damn bad, Scully. And she's like, it's okay. Maybe it's still out there, Mulder. (laughs) (laughs) She she says, uh, people want to believe. That's the show's tagline. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, but we do get a little in shot with Big Blue living the life. I wrote, looked a little stupid, comma, bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very nice. Very cartoony. It's definitely like the low lighting of the scene kind of matched the bad CGI, you know? I just, Mm -hmm. they couldn't have made it look scarier. Like, that would have been a cool ending, like a real scary monster. It was just like a cute little worm thing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) They tried to do, they did like a practical shot with like an actual, like they made like a little creature they were gonna have the digital effects kind of enhance it and matt beck who does the digital effects is like this is really awful i'll just do it all digital so i can't even imagine how bad it was if like this was the good take this is the better version (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is very 90s yes (laughs) but maybe i mean it was kind of like an ethereal sort of setup so maybe that what they were like making a statement with that like oh there is a monster but it's not the monster man man like humans are the monster <laughs> right know. the monster is a friend we made along the way yeah <laughs> <laughs> but they it's 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 fun that scully's right but also the show understands that Mulder's perspective is more fun because it's a fictional tv show and so they want to keep the faith alive for us too and be like no the monster's there it's real Mulder's right but it doesn't feel like it's smugly like molders right it's like no there's fun in the world <laughs> it's almost kind of sad too to an extent it's like just as he turns around right there's the proof he's been looking for all along like he's he, he is he, got scullied. He, he is ahab he is constantly chasing this white whale and it's he gets close to it but not quite enough you know mm-hmm. and that's the episode and so now we have our segments and we start with agent Mulder. shut up Mulder. How annoying was Mulder this episode? <laughs> and as always, I will start. And he is so annoying in this episode. <laughs> but he's just cute doing it. I just <laughs> want to say that. Um, I think I'm going to give him an eight. I was thinking a seven or an eight. But I feel like if I give him a seven, that's a little too low. You know? I think yeah. I have to give him an eight. Yeah. As much as it hurts me. He was very annoying. <laughs> Laura. Yeah. Um, I actually also gave him an eight surprisingly because i know we almost never agree um because he is very annoying in this episode but i guess like i i I knocked him down a little bit because like i i do commend sort of the conversation on the rock like him like he is he's a sad like genuinely very very depressed so i couldn't like full-on give him like a 10 i was thinking like maybe a nine but but i was like nah that boy's depressed i'll give him an eight (laughs) but he definitely deserves the eight he was very annoying. He really, it's a hard eight. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hey, Brianna? Okay, y'all are going to lose it. Um, I gave him a four. <laughs> I respect it. I wow. Thought, I thought he was annoying, but in like an earnest way. Um, not like it wasn't horrible to me. I wrote, um, Scully was his mommy girlfriend, which bothered <laughs> me. <laughs> Oh my god! But I don't You're feel right, like but... I don't feel like maybe outside of the scene where she's kind of grieving and he's like, anyway, let me show you my pictures. Um, <laughs> right? He wasn't like offensive. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I don't mind Mulder. Uh, gave him a four. <laughs> <laughs> I respect. That. I love him. I just 
I thought I would get so much shit if I gave him <laughs> But thank you for validating me. He he does just I'm not changing my opinion. It is an eight, but yes, I fully agree with you though. It could have been worse. I will definitely say that. He has been worse. Yeah. yeah. Next we have So uh this must be the enigmatic agent Scully. Scully's sassiest moment, Laura. Yeah, so I think um this episode was definitely like sassier on the on the on the front end for scully like she was just like so fucking over it at the beginning right Mm -hmm. um so i'm definitely gonna have to go with um her threatening that Mulder's gonna have to pay an extra fee on their rental car if he doesn't pull over to like queequeg go pee (laughs) queen moment being like all right like i know you hate this dog but you can't torture it like Pay the pay the freaking <laughs> rental car fee to clean the car because he's gonna piss in it or pull the fuck over. Respect. He's absolutely. Abriana. Um, okay, I had two. So I, I had a backup, but I don't need it yet. <laughs> so okay. originally I was thinking of that scene um uh, where Mulder's going through the pictures and he's like, I think this one's a tooth. And she's like, Yeah, Mulder, it, it could be a lot of things. Uh, and then like a, there's like they talk for a minute and then he shows her an, another one and he's like, What about that? You think that could be something? She's like, Uh-huh, looks like a tooth. <laughs> yes, yes. Queen. Yeah, she was she was really sassy. She had a lot of great facial expressions. I'm gonna give like a soft shout out to when they're talking to Dr. Faraday and it is uh his lab and she has a lot of like faces of just taking in his his grumpiness and just die a drive and just be like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> silly cute when i do it <laughs> <laughs> but i do have to give it to the line on the conversation of the rock where she says everything takes on this warped significance to fit your megaloma- megalomaniacal energy yeah or no Everything takes on a warp significance to fit your megalomaniacal cosmology. <laughs> so great. Great choice, yeah. Shelby. <laughs> Did you want to say your backup, Abriana? Oh, my backup was like, I couldn't really, I don't know. Um, I was like, this doesn't really feel sassy. But they're in the beginning of the episode, Scully says, when they find the the dead Boy Scout leader, she says, people eat fish and fish eat <laughs> And then later... <laughs> She's like, respect nature because it has no respect for you. That's what my dad always said. And I was like, I just love this like jaded response she has <laughs> to like the cruelty of the natural world after being like drug yeah. out to yeah. Georgia on a rainy weekend. <laughs> She's not holding back at all. And I just love it. Yeah. Yes. Fully agree. Yeah. My backup was, I thought it was a little too sad, but it was the, um, well, you slew the big white whale Ahab at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome. You've got mail. And then our 90s moment, Abriana. Oh, okay. I had three. <laughs> so I'll just... Yes. The first one, obvious, the guy losing his beeper. I mean, that that would not have happened if this show was not made in 1996. <laughs> <So>. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'll go with that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, Laura? Mine was also, yeah, the pager moment. Because it's just like, <laughs> pagers don't exist anymore. Like, I remember my dad had one for work for the longest time, but like... They they make no sense to me now. Like, yeah, it's definitely losing the pager at the beginning. I didn't really have a backup to that. Do y'all remember the the like mid like the kind of in between period where um we had like cell phones, but mm-hmm. uh y'all and pagers. Was, I, well, it was like Nextel. You were it was like a rate. It was like a um like a radio. Mm-hmm. What what are the what am I call what am I thinking of those like two way radio. Maybe they're just called radios, but <laughs> you know when you just like 
have the have a pair and you get to talk to people and it's like that beep. Yeah. Beep. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just remember I think my uncle had like a Nextel and it was just like constantly just hearing a random man and then just a beep. <laughs> just blasting. <laughs> Mine was, yeah, mine was a tie between the beeper, which, of course, very 90s, mm-hmm. and um, having to stop for directions and buying a paper map, being yep. conned into buying a paper map. That's very good, too. I still have a map of, like, Texas in my car. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think I do, but I know my parents do. They're, they're kind of hard to fold back up. Yeah. <laughs> my parents have one that's, like, in like a three ring binder and so it's oh, like a, yeah. a big zoomed in one cut up and it, it's like really cool <laughs> we used to have <laughs> we used to have one like that too they were they were insane <laughs> yeah it's so wild or even just like that point, uh, period where when you went on vacation and your mom would like print out map quest directions <laughs> yes <laughs> iconic so why i chose this episode if you take the episode minus the conversation on the rock, it's like a very solid monster of the week. Uh, nothing too flashy or anything, but just it's it's a fun story, and you get lots of great Mulder and Scully moments. But the conversation on the rock is like, in my opinion, essential X Files viewing. It's you if you if you're ever like if you were ever confused about Mulder's whole deal, you just watch this, and everything becomes so much more illuminated. <laughs> And that's pretty much why I chose it. It means so much to me. I am a conversation on the rock stand. That's what I temporarily <laughs> changed my Twitter display name to. And I stand by it. <laughs> Rightfully so. Uh, did y'all have anything to add about that wrapping up the episode? Not really. That's fine if you don't. I, I loved it. As someone who doesn't watch the X-Files that much, I was really intimidated uh, to jump into like a season three episode, but I loved it. I mm-hmm. feel like you really got Mulder and Scully as characters like right off the bat and they get like on the rock and it was like a fun meet. It felt like one that I would really love as like, <laughs> like watching yeah, yeah. from like the other side of the room. Um, it, it just felt very like essential X-Files to me in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think this was, yeah, a great a great monster of the week episode but also with its kind of deeper bits getting into like Mulder and like Scully and their relationship and stuff yeah it was great it was it's really fun this is one I would rewatch for sure I yeah I love rewatching this one yeah um sometimes you just like you want one that like is solid you don't want anything that's like revolutionary anything you just want to watch them being cute and this is definitely one of those ones where if I just want to watch Mulder and Scully being cute, I just turn this one on. They are very cute in this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was our episode. Oh, well, actually, uh, Ariana, do you, so do you think, what's your final verdict on the X-Files? Will you watch more or were you like, oh, I yeah, mean, I guess she'll watch more. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've never gone to it because I feel like I have to watch it from start to finish to like really get Which it. you really don't. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I have been kind of like off and on watching the episodes that are talked about in this podcast. Oh, perfect. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, if I don't get it, they'll just tell me <laughs> like what it what it is. Um, so yeah, uh-huh. I would I would definitely watch more X-Files. Perfect. Yeah, I think everyone feels really intimidated because it's so long and, you know, a lot to take in. But I th- it is surprisingly the kind of show that leads itself to just popping in and out, you know? Um, not for the mythology, but those don't matter as much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was the episode. I hope everybody liked it and enjoyed it. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, we are condensed truth at twitter.com. Or, yeah. If you'd like to email us any comments or questions for our mailbag episode, which is like two episodes away, I guess. Um, 
email us at condensedtruthpod at gmail.com or you can DM the Twitter account or if you have my phone number you can text me or whatever (laughs) (laughs) I will not be giving y'all my phone number if you don't have it though so just DM me (laughs) and next time we are talking season 3 episode 23 wet wired and yeah so I hope everyone enjoyed it I hope everyone has a nice week did I miss anything no okay and thank you so much uh, to Abrianna for coming on. Yeah, thank you we'll so have much. To have you back on. Thanks for having. Me. Yeah, it was a blast. I this this is a fun episode to talk about. Oh yeah, and it, a nice nice one after the very dense Jose Jeff. <laughs> so y'all will be getting a shorter episode for once. These will not. This will not be a long episode. <laughs> I've given y'all a reprieve <laughs> for my listeners. <laughs> but anyway, thanks and bye bye.